podcasting live from the 614 and the 858, the capital of the 17th state and America's finest city. This is another edition of the Robin Mob Show, a sports podcast with a little bit of attitude. And now your hosts, Rob Havner and Jeremy Lynch. Well, well, well. <laughs> Just when you think you were happy, pulled you back in. It is a long-awaited, never-quite-duplicated, boy, is my wife happy we're doing this edition of the Robin Mob Show. Even though it's been a while, it is still the only show in the entire universe that makes the haters play the back while we stay up front like handicapped parking. Good evening and welcome back, everybody. Good to be with you, along with my erstwhile fellow Capricorn and tag team partner, Jeremy Lynch. I am merely Rob Havner checking in from the 614, where it's a robust seven degrees. <laughs> oh, dear Lord. <laughs> very, very cold. Even the dogs are like, damn, bro. <laughs> you know, in pregame, we were, we were talking about how it was getting a little chilly here. I, I, I'm... Embarrassed to say it was uh, a balmy 82 here in the eight in the 858 uh, went, went, went bike riding with the official fourth grader of the Robin Mob show earlier. Got a little saddle soreness, but, uh, you know, she was she was pushing, uh, pushing a big gear trying to, you know, drop daddy off the back. <laughs> you uh, tell her about how you and your brother had the Tour de France course in your in her grandparents yard. Oh yeah, we had you know we had the starting engine from the uh, or the start house from the top of the driveway and the Tour de Calma uh, we, all over the place. I mean, you, we had we had Alpe d'Huez. I mean, literally, it was like a fourteen degree grade, and it was you basically had to go side to side to get your bike up because we were pushing a one gear rod, uh, horse. So um, it was back in the day. We'll we'll uh, ingratiate her to. To that, uh, after she gets a little more comfortable. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh man, uh, it's good to be with you. I was Tammy and I were just talking that uh, the end of next month, about a month from now, will be the tenth anniversary of our very first show. Which is crazy, you know. I, I was, uh, and I'll put in the shameless plug at the end of the show, but uh, you know, I was doing a little updating uh for itunes purposes and you know you, you get to listen uh to bits and pieces of some of our shows and it was it's it was crazy the evolution of of this thing and uh to think we've been doing it for 10 years is is mind-boggling it's been, it's been fun well, I, it's been fun oh it has we've we have had some some epic nights and i think what <laughs> most people if we were going to have a retrospective kind of thing on those of the 10 years it's uh and and i've said this to my lovely wife a lot is um the job that i had at the time we started you know i'd, I'd have a crap day and then i come home and I'd have two or three hours to kind of get ready and then i'd see you and we'd have a shot or we have a beer and we'd sit at our table and we'd look at each other and then we just let loose for 90 minutes and then I'd feel great. And then it was kind of chasing that feeling again on those bar stools together. 
don't know how, what made us start clowning on people about sports and what made you say we could have our own show. But I, I would, I don't know what I'd be doing creatively if you hadn't done that. But, um, we've had some really good times on this show. Um, we've mentioned Hall of Fame Saturday a number of times. We had, uh, we, the Ustream ones were really fun. Yeah. Well, that was a, that was a challenge. People got to watch us read, do our reads when we go to the notes. And those, those were some good nights, man. Those are tremendous, tremendous nights. And, uh, as I'm sitting here uh, in our new home, we'll get to some other stuff, uh, about that too. But I'm just thinking, you know, I don't have a, a vodka Red Bull going, or I don't have a vodka going, so I'm not really sure how to do this. Now. Exactly, exactly. Where's my C minus? <laughs> chasing, chasing that hard stuff with with a little, you know, C minus. C minus, that's little, awesome. No problem. A little water beer, just so I can survive until afterwards. Then we get silly. Oh, oh man. But yeah, um, thinking back to some of those some of those nights, like the the one I think it was a a two part. We did it in two ep- episodes, but it, we recorded it all at once, and it was like a two and a half hour college football preview, and it was oh, stupid long. I mean, <laughs> yeah, wow. It was our first one. That was uh, it was fall of two thousand eight because we thought we were going to be cool about it, and instead of shortening it down, I remember this clearly. Instead of shortening it down, we went through team by team by team in the Power Five. And he looked at me during one of the breaks like, are we ever going to be done with this shit? I know. I was trying to slow play the alcoholic consumption, but it was hard. Oh, my God. And this wasn't even VIP Saturday. No, that was, it was epic. Epic tale. Exactly. Oh, man. But it appears that, so the ladies are doing well. We've got a fourth grader. We do now. We we have, a, we have uh, a fourth grader, a preteen. It's like, good lord. Um, uh, but uh, she's she's good. Um, she's got a couple new sticks from from Santa, um, and uh, we're gonna go hit some balls tomorrow before Ohio State takes on USC. Um, and uh, she got a new bike from from her grandfather, so that's what we we're doing today. Uh, so she's. Uh, <coughs> She's growing up faster than I'd like, but isn't that always the the, the deal? I just, I, it's it's hard to believe that when we did our first show, she was like the less than eight weeks old, maybe, or she was a little more than eight weeks old. Yeah, exactly. And uh, it was very, very tiny. Somehow, and, somehow the get out of free or get out of jail free card was was given to me. I must have been good during the uh, twenty four hours of labor. Uh, ours is going to uh graduate in may Mm. and uh uh, you've still got some time we have four four and a half months so uh it has not always been an easy journey for him but uh he's a good dude and uh if his mother and i don't manage to kill him between now and may he'll graduate Uh, but he's on the mom I'm not allowed to kill him. I can just hurt him real bad. So uh, <laughs> we have an agreement. We negotiated and hurt him real bad last year, and I was really, really happy with that. But, but it's a whole other show. Yes, it is. <laughs> so where do we begin, my good man? 
Talk about college football playoff. Uh, we haven't, um, obviously we haven't had a show in a while, but uh, I thought it'd be a good way to start, uh, get back in. Is um, First, we'll talk about the four teams that are in, uh, Clemson. Um, uh, we'll face Alabama uh, in the trilogy, um, you know, part three of this uh, never-ending saga, it seems like, in, in the college football playoff. Um, and then Georgia will take on um, um, Baker Mayfield or Ass Clown. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Um, and, AC, that's awesome. And, uh, you know, we'll see if the Heisman Buffet gets him. Um, but uh, it should, I, I think it's going to be as much as, as, you know, people in the 614 want to, want to, you know, bitch and moan. I think the, they got it right. The four teams that should be in the playoff are in the playoff. Um, you know, you, you can't roll into Iowa City and get thumped by 30. Um, right. You know, because the new glossary term for me is, uh, you know, Herb, Urban's going to be called 31. Because, uh, he, he, wow. you know, he lost to Dabo by 31, lost to lost in Kinnick by, you know, to, by 31. Just inexplicable. I mean, you take that off the resume and – you know, they lost to the number two team at home, okay, by two touchdowns or a little bit more, whatever. You know, that's excusable, and you probably in. You know, Bama has nothing on the on its resume, but you can't lose by 31 and be considered uh, elite. So I think they got it right. Um, and I'm really looking forward to some of the matchups. Uh, I think uh, the Georgia defense, you know, because their offense has kind of been uh, – less than, you know, Georgia-like. Even though they got that three-headed monster, I think they kind of have the quarterback Brom uh, managing the game. Uh, you know, they don't light up a scoreboard. They got smashed by Auburn on the road, um, you know, because Auburn's run rush defense was, was stupid that day. Um, but I think that, def- that Mayfield, high-power, you know, uh, offense against Georgia's defense, but then Georgia's offense, while it has been pedestrian for most of the year, will probably be able to put up some numbers against, you know, uh, a defense that's, you know, uh, portrayed a, a sieve at times um, uh, in the, the Sooner defense. So, you know, I'm really, I'm, I'm intrigued by that one. And then, you know, it's going to be a bloodbath in the, the Clemson Alabama game. And, and, you know, Clemson, while they're number one, the last team they wanted to face was Bama. You know, there's revenge. They get healthy in a couple, in, you know, with four weeks off. Um, you know, they're the, they're the underdog, even though in Vegas, you know, Vegas knows. So they, they got them as a slight favorite. But um, I'm, I'm intrigued on will Alabama's offense come to play? Did their defense get healthy enough? Uh, and, you know, can – Ken Bryant on the Clemson side, can he actually step out of uh, Deshaun Watson's shadow and and lead Clemson to the beginning of what many are saying is a, is a dynasty or the beginning of you know the next Bama dynasty? So um, that's my take. What do, what do you what are you thinking about? I I'm actually going to go back to last year's playoff. Uh, we were sitting in our old place and when Ohio State's logo shows up on the screen, the only person, the singular voice in the 614 who didn't believe they belong is currently sitting next to me on the other end of the couch right now. 
the Buckeye brunette, my lovely wife, Tammy. And Tammy, so they have no business in the playoffs. And like I'm always, and you know I say this a lot, I'm not giving it back. We're in, you know, and if you lived here, you bought, you drank the Kool-Aid. All right, we're in the playoffs. Let's go win the damn thing. And then they got smoked. And everybody complained about it the entire offseason. And then we we watched, and then when they didn't make the playoff field and Herb Street walks off the set in Bristol, we were going to the grocery store, and she says, we have the same conversation. Well, what do you think? I don't know if they deserve to be in. And I said, and there was a lot of back and forth uh, via social media with people we know here in the one four, uh, people that used to hang out at King Avenue five with us and, excuse me. And, um, everybody's, Oh, it's an SEC conspiracy and this, that, and the other. And then again, the voice of reason coming from my wife, um, which is a ring endorsement for all of these single men get married. Um, she said, if they were going to take the says, says the lead, rookie husband, Hey, I still have no husband. <laughs> um, less than a thousand days on the job, bro. Um, if you're going to take a team that doesn't win their league, why not have taken Ohio state in, uh, 2015 when their only loss was at home to a Michigan state team that went on to win the big 10. That would have made more sense to me than not taking them this year as a team to, even though they got curb stomped, and that's the reason they didn't make the field. They got curb stomped in Iowa City, but they beat the last undefeated in Division One and didn't make the playoff. I'm, I ultimately ended up exactly where you're at. I think they got it right. And then I kind of feel like I don't care if Alabama's healthy or not. If Clemson's front seven makes – um, Jalen Hurts have to beat him. He's probably going to be one of the better quarterbacks that they've ever had there. I mean, I'm not saying Joe Willie good, but um, you may want to be talking to A.J. McCarronville when he's done. But if you make him have to win the game for you, kind of like what Clemson did, that's your best shot to beat him. Like last year, when he broke loose at the end and got that touchdown that put them ahead, that precipitated the title winning drive that the Deshaun Watson led for Clemson. I was like, I had the same look on my face that Saban had. Finally, we've got the lead late. All we need is one more stop. Well, that's the thing. And then, if we're, if, if they get that one more stop, I mean, I know ifs and, you know, buts. You're right. And, but we're talking about Jalen Hurts as, you know, a national championship quarterback and, you know, As a true freshman, exactly. By the way, exactly. So, I mean, they played sloppy at times last year, and and you know didn't convert on third down uh, most of the game. But he put up thirty five in the national championship game. Um, I mean, can he do it? Yes. Did he? Did he have the weapons that he had last year? This year, no. Um, you know, were they as consistent? No, you know, they had a different OC um, again. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I, the, the potential's there, but I agree with you. The, the Clemson front seven is stupid. I mean, it's freaky. I mean, if, and if they, if they bring heat and make him beat it, them with his arm, not his feet, obviously we know about his feet, make him beat him through the air, then, um, you know, it's going to be a long day for, for Alabama. Well, here's his numbers, and – 
as most of you know, I, I, I do a weekly spot during football season on 1400 uh, WFPA out of Fort Payne, Alabama. A uh, longtime friend and former employer of mine bought that that station, and I call in for Mike's show. And uh, we've got a couple of nice pictures from when we went down in October. Um, Jalen, Here's Jalen Hurts' numbers, just to give you an idea. His passing numbers are relatively pedestrian. He threw for 1,940 yards, 15 touchdowns and one pick. Really, really good. Um, his rushing numbers are really, really good. Five and a half, more than five and a half yards to carry, 768 yards, uh, eight rushing touchdowns. So the dual threat thing is there with him. I just think they haven't done enough to, uh, like, like the Wu Tang guy said on Chappelle Show, diversify their bonds. They're a they want to run it down your neck for sixty minutes, and everybody talks about oh you know they shouldn't have made it. Look at their schedule. I get it, but they played at the time the number three ranked team in the country in Florida State, dominated them uh, in a prime time game to open the season, and then you know they had some they went heavily heavy pastry uh, Fresno State. Colorado State, and then what they did to Vanderbilt and Ole Miss in successive weeks was just ridiculous. You know, fifty-nine to nothing, sixty-six to three, and then they really only had their feet put to the fire once, and that was at Mississippi State at Starksville, and they made plays to win. LSU was a physical game that they ended up winning by two touchdowns, and then they go into the Iron Bowl, and I said on Mike's show maybe a week before that that the only coach in the SEC who had ever beaten Saban was Gus Malzahn. And a half of his, um, his audience now where he's at in Fort Payne, it's a split. It's 50% Tide and Tiger fan. And he was hearing from people that they felt like if Auburn had lost this Iron Bowl, that Gus was going to leave. And then there still was talk about Gus even leaving to go to to Arkansas, and and you knew once they when they threw that late pass against Georgia, you knew that once Georgia got a second chance, then Georgia was going to try and destroy them, and, and Georgia did. And and I think with and a lot of people making a, a, a lot of noise about Jake from State Farm, which is great by the way. He ends up in the NFL. It's the easiest uh, promotional tie-in ever. Um. He played pretty well, all things considered, even though they lost. He couldn't run the ball. The first game, he had to really chuck it a lot. And I think he showed that he could make some throws. I think you'll probably see Tony Eason's kid transfer because I don't think he's getting his job back. <laughs> I mean, well, facts are facts. Let, are facts. let me jump in about Alabama real quick before we get back to uh, or off topic. Um, he's Rob Habner. I'm Jeremy Lynch. You're listening to the Robin Mob Show. Um, buy a shirt. Um, <laughs> Fresno State. Good. Fresno State was not that bad. You know, they they won their division in the Mountain West, put up ten wins, beat Boise State, the eventual Mountain West champion, the week before in the regular season finale. I know it, it was kind of a meaningless game because they were going to have a rematch the next week, but they did beat them. They they dominated San Diego State who looked like the team that was going to come out of the, the group of five uh, after they had two wins over the Slack 12 
uh, early season. Stanford and ASU back-to-back weeks. Um, not bad. Um, but Fresno State, uh, led by Jeff Tedford, everybody remembers him at Cal, um, long time ago. Coughing up at coughing up a chance to get to the BCS in 2007. I was sitting next to you when it happened. Continue. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know they they had some they had some cred. I mean they went from you know not even you know watchable to uh, almost dominant um, the way they were playing and they. They hung around in the first half against Bama. I mean, it was Bama, and it was at Tuscaloosa. They were probably a little wide-eyed, and then Bama's, you know, you know, grown men actually took over and, and started to uh, dominate physically. But Fresno State wasn't all that bad. Um, so, and not that I ever want to defend Alabama and their scheduling, especially when they got Mercer um, on the schedule. Um, but, you know, they can only play who's in front of them. And, uh, you know, with, back to your point, they dominated almost every game, even when they didn't have their best. I mean, okay, Mississippi State hung around and but ended up, you know, pulling away. And, uh, you know, Auburn was just ready. And, and Auburn peaked at the right time until they ran into Georgia. And that was, a, you know, a get-back game for Georgia. So... In the SEC championship. Glossary turn. Well done. Thank you. I've been ready for this show for a while, brother. <laughs> well, so's my wife. She's been she's been honest about all season and it's you know, time and circumstance. But um the thing with it I'm with you on, on, on Bama as well. I think Stark Vegas is a tough place to play. And they needed a late touchdown to win. And I think on a national level, uh Shows like ours, uh, I know Ryan Rosillo's show, uh, Mike and Mike, they said the same thing, that, okay, they're not invincible. And we all kind of knew that anyway. He just had to come out with a Jimmy Johnson quote, when you fight a, a big gorilla, you don't sneak up on him, tap him on the shoulder. You just hit him with everything you got. You're going to have to bring your best stuff to beat him. You're going to have to... I don't think that Auburn got a transcendent performance, I think, from Carry On Johnson that day, but he had carried the ball a ton against Georgia uh, two weeks earlier, and he was a little nicked up, and he, he finished that game nicked up, and they managed to win. And then you knew if he didn't play at 100% in the SEC championship game, they were probably going to get beat, Then they did. And you kind of knew that Georgia, that was going to be a play-in game, because the, the test case was if Auburn wins, do they get in? And you would have had to take them. So I still think you'd have – you probably – Ohio State probably gets in if um, if Auburn wins the SEC. Rather. Yeah, that, that would have been an interesting argument uh, for sure. Uh, I still think the 31-point drubbing in, in uh, Iowa City would have come back to haunt them. But um, um, the official cat of the Robin Mob show making an appearance. Um, but you, you and I know. Remember two thousand one. You know the last time anybody saw Nebraska, they were in Boulder, all getting their brains stomped all over Folsom Field, and they got to play the BCS title game without having win it, won their division of the the Big Twelve or the conference. 
and it gets to the title game and you know, that Miami team that had what, twenty two guys at some point under under contract in the NFL just absolutely scorched the earth with them. Agreed. So agreed. You know. Hey, uh, let's take a quick break, and when we come back, uh, we'll get to the other, you know, toilet bowls. I mean, bowl games uh, that are happening, <laughs> including Ohio State and USC, which might be the best bowl game there is. Uh, or it's matchup. the best of the non-playoff games. The non-playoff. Yep. Uh, so he's Rob Havner. I'm Jeremy Lynch. Stick and stay. It's the Rob and Mob Show. Diet and exercise are never easy. Then again, neither is dying. Sadly, type 2 diabetes, heart disease, and stroke kill nearly a million people a year. Most of these deaths could be prevented. Please, talk to your doctor about your risk for diabetes and heart disease. And if your doctor recommends lifestyle changes or medication, listen. The reason so many die is because not enough are willing to change. You can stop it, starting right now. It's your life. Listen to your doctor. Eat better. Get moving. Welcome back to the Robin Mob Show. We've uh, <laughs> arranged ourselves with some adult beverages. We well, you gotta have an, you gotta have an adult beverage in hand when you start talking about you know bowl games that involve uh, Mike Leach, uh, who is currently leading his team, and I use the word leading loosely, but uh, leading his team to a three nothing lead against uh, Sparty. Here in the San Diego County Credit Union Holiday Bowl. <laughs> is, in the, are they calling Qualcomm, or the artist formerly known as Qualcomm, the San Diego County Credit Union Stadium now? That is correct. <laughs> okay. Because that's what, it, if you look at it on, uh, it's, on it's, the web. It's Jack Murphy. <laughs> <laughs> it's Tom Hurt. <laughs> No relation to my boss. Dad. Well, it was going to be um, San Diego Stadium until uh, SCCCU uh, jumped in and said, "We'll give you, um, you know, half a million dollars or whatever it was to for naming rights, just for either this year and or next year, because um, San Diego State's going to play there next year. But they're looking for options to uh, raise this thing um, and put something there, whether it's." Um, you know, a football field, a combination soccer, football stadium. Um, they haven't decided what they're going to do. But San Diego State's not going to have anywhere to play if, if they don't figure something out, um, which would be a damn shame. But uh, anyway, <laughs> so Washington State's up on Michigan State 3 nothing. Stanford's up on TCU 14-3. Oklahoma State won 30-21 um, over Virginia Tech. Um the other bowl games that have happened so far, um, not good. Uh, I mean, I watched. I, I probably watched Hold fifteen. No, no. The, I got actually, a glossary term for you. Okay. Stank. <laughs> Stank. I love it. Um, 
No, I mean, there were a couple, you know, entertaining games um, or entertaining outcomes uh, or things that happened in the game. Let's put it that way. Things that happened in the games that were entertaining, like Herman uh, getting loose <laughs> with, a, you know, mocking the Missouri quarterback. Um, uh, who hammered Toledo? Uh, App State uh, fans holding up signs that say, you know, fun belt is greater than action. Um, <laughs> I thought that was pretty clever. Um, you know, Army, <laughs> Army winning a bowl game against uh, the alma mater. Um, but uh, Rashawn Penny, Rashad Penny is still a freak. Uh, and he was part of the problem, actually, because San Diego State was scoring too fast. The defense played basically the entire game because San Diego State drives were under two minutes every time. And then Army, who doesn't throw a pass the whole game, uh, maybe one or two, and they were incomplete. But the rest of the time it was, you know, the quadruple option. Um, and uh, Army just, you know, tired San Diego State's defense out. And it was brilliant for them to go for two uh, and the win at the end. Um, you know, they said they didn't want to face Penny again on offense. And, uh, you know, sure enough, they got they got the two-point conversion and then, you know, got a garbage touchdown with, uh, you know, San Diego State trying to replicate the, the miracle, Tennessee miracle. <laughs> the Music City miracle. Yep. There are no flags on the field. None. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's 18 years ago, man. A um, long time ago. So, so what, what, what bowl games are, that are left uh, that haven't kicked um, do you feel like are, you know, worthy of some attention? Well, I'm just going to – I was talking at work with uh, my supervisor, Darren, and Darren and I have both come to the conclusion that neither one of us has watched any games yet. Um, to me, uh, the bowl season starts tomorrow, and no, I don't mean – one o'clock Eastern time when Wake Forest and Texas A&M get started in the Belk Bowl. Um, we're talking about 8.30 on the mothership, the Goodyear Cotton Bowl Classic from Jerry World, uh, USC and Ohio State. Um, I can't wait for this game. Um, to me, and, and I don't know how you feel about this, I, I, I kind of feel like this one got cheated by not being played in its traditional home of this postseason matchup. But I think it's more fair because both teams are going to have to travel a, a, a good distance. You know, um, I, I think it's, it's going to be good for both schools. Well, it's great for recruiting you both can't, teams. You can't move the Zaxby's heart of Dallas ball out of the cotton ball. Come on. Ah, ah, <laughs> I mean, why, why would you do that? I mean, just for Ohio State, USC? Come on. You know what I'm talking about. This one should be at the Field of St. Gabriel Mountain, and you should hear, hello, everybody, I'm Keith Jackson. Oh, I know. I hear you. You know now, what I'm talking about. You know, the crazy part is Ohio State hasn't beaten USC since 74. Mm -hmm. 0-7. So if there's any motivation there – uh, herb, herb should, I'm sorry, 31 should, uh, oh. 
What do you do? Should, should rise up. <laughs> should rise up so that he doesn't, you know, taste another 31 with Darnold going out on a, you know, riding the Trojan horse, giving me the victory sign. Oh, wow. Uh, just to give you the, the matchup here for SC and Ohio State, uh, USC leads the series 13 wins, nine losses, one tie, uh, and currently has a seven-game win streak. And I was at the last game. The 2009 game is a game that precipitated. There's an article on RobinMob.com, shameless plug, called Bubbles to the Drain that I wrote in the immediate aftermath of that game. Um, I've seen both of USC's last two visits to the shoe, uh, one in the fall of 1990, the Lightning Bowl, and um, this one, this most recent one. So um, I have been part of this current seven-game losing streak because I was at two of them. So maybe that's the problem. Um, It should be – they keep ESPN radio plays this clip all the time of Herb Street saying, if these two uniforms were playing in a sandlot across the street from your house, you'd go. And I would. Um, I was just remarking that there are tickets still available in the nosebleed section at Jerry World for 59 bucks. Yeah, that's because so, it's, there's 275,000 tickets available. I mean, <laughs> you land alien spacecraft in that thing and, you, you know, there's, there's extra parking. Uh, my best friend, Greg Borg, uh, shameless plug, was in the Metroplex on business two or three years ago, and he said, have it's like six freeway access. And I, I just, I laughed for 20 <laughs> minutes. <laughs> he said, it's the single big, biggest edifice you've ever seen in your whole life, and you can get off for six freeway access to park there. So, uh, and Ohio State's it's got ridic- good ridiculous. memories, because the last, last time they were there, there was confetti involved. So, uh, and I got a t-shirt. This is so. accurate. Um, and then of the rest of those games, like to me, like I said, that's the beginning of the bowl season for me. Uh, I'm interested to see, uh, two, two going down on Saturday, uh, four o'clock Eastern time, uh, Washington place, Penn state, uh, in the PlayStation Fiesta bowl. Um, the capital one orange bowl, the capital one orange. Yeah. Uh, uh, whiskey and the U, um, and then the games on Monday. Uh, might break out the Michael Irvin throwback for that. Um, in green, by the way. As long as there's cocaine. Um, as long as there's cocaine. Right. <laughs> lost my house, lost my job, 76 game suspension, <laughs> Hall of Fame. Um, <laughs> I did it for you. You know, you know I, don't, uh, I, don't, I, I don't like the cocaine. I just like the smell of it. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's just wrong. Um <laughs> I'm interested to see how Scott Frost does in his final game in the uh, the welterweight division before he steps up to the Big Ten because they've got Auburn at 12:30 on Monday. Um, oh, and they've been talking a bunch of junk, like the, like SEC speed and and dude, Auburn has grown men, and they are going to half. break UCF, yeah, in half. I, I, I mean, don't know. I know. I and understand then, this this whole thing that that Frost does with you know space and what what was he called this thing space and pace or pace and space whatever it is like 
just dude hey, I, you, I, you know I think when you play in your conference you can go 12 and 0 right i think he did a hell I, mean, I love what he's I done think, right i i think he's a little overmatched initially cuz if you watch where he's going they got nothing in Lincoln. they got nothing oh. And that doesn't hurt me. They, they got they got so. a powder puff league champion right there. Wow. Riley I, turned I, them into croissants. Oh. I don't even know what is happening there. Well, how do you how do you how do you give up fifty six to an offense in Ohio State that couldn't move the ball against anybody good? My whole thing was he was the wrong man for that job. And then you and I said this at the time. Um, he was the wrong guy to coach Chargers. And then he went back to Oregon State. And then he left Oregon State to come to Nebraska. And they they got one win. Did he get that win when Braxton was there? Or was that uh, Bo Pelini? Uh, when Braxton was a freshman and... They were up two in the second half, and then the offense stayed on the sidelines. But well, they haven't Pelini. been relevant. What? They haven't been relevant at all since then Riley was there. And there's a lot of these schools named with that are still big time in name only, like Nebraska. Um, Florida State had an injury plague season, so I'm willing to give them a pass. Florida's in this boat. This boat. Uh, Tennessee that think that they should be in the national conversation. But look at Florida. When you saw Florida and Michigan in September, you were thinking that was going to be a great game. And it was for khaki boy. And then, you know, look how much credit they got for, for beating a terrible Florida team. I know. I know they're, they're playing on Monday, but they're playing at noon and you know, it's the Outback bowl. So blooming onions for all my men, Uh, Alex, Alex Springs chicken. Uh, for you on the sideline. Um, I, I wouldn't mend you for you. Uh, I, I, I think Florida situation, I, I don't know. I, I don't understand at all how you even let him, McElwain was there as long as he was. He, you back-to-back Eastern Division titles, but other than that, they were, that, that thing was a dumpster fire this season. Um, and the Eastern Division of that league, everybody had the same problem. Nobody had a returning quarterback except Georgia, and their kid got hurt, and their freshman played better than everybody else's freshman. So what you're going to have... It's been a dumpster they, fire ever since Urban left. Well, yeah, there's that. Um, I was hoping... And nobody figured out would, that you got to have a quarterback. Right. I, how do you not know that? Uh, I just... I don't understand. Must Champ wanted to play defense. Right. You know, McElwain, he was supposed to be the next coming ever since he did what he did at Colorado State. Yeah, but that's the Mountain West. We're talking about the SEC East, bro. You know this. Um, Yeah, offensively, they're about the same. Right. Dan Mullen's a great hire because he knew he was never going to get any further in Starkville than he he was going to get. Now, both the Mississippi schools are looking for coaches. Uh, you know, Arkansas fired the fat man. 
He gets oh the golden God, parachute. Before he ate himself. I'm still trying to figure out how he got that wife, but anyway. I'm wondering how I you do. can order a 5XL sweatpants. <laughs> Champion.com, baby. Jeez, um, dude. <laughs> Mix in a salad. <laughs> <laughs> when, make Wednesday cardio day. I don't understand. <laughs> some, uh, some kind of leafy green. <laughs> And not just on the burger. Um, <laughs> exactly. I, it's not just a. It's not not just a topper. <laughs> Maybe some grilled chicken slice on dish. the bias. <laughs> <laughs> My friend Julie's uh, Julie uh, Pyatt hates that guy. Uh, Julie's father, you know Jack Jack Park. Uh, Jack doesn't like him either, and Jack likes everybody. <laughs> Oh, I'm sure. I've never heard a, a I, mean thing come out of his mouth. We we do a really great Jack impression at work. It was a great game. It was three to nothing for Ohio State Classics. I'm Jack Park. Uh, <laughs> but speaking of coaches, this is we're on this whole coaching thing before we get to this break, and then we switch gears to pay for play. Um, oh wait, we are talking about the SEC. Never mind. Um, wow. How do you think – give me your take on Herm at Arizona State and the return of Chip Kelly, but this time at when the smog rises UCLA. Well, I'll start with the easy one. Chip Kelly to UCLA is no-brainer, brilliant. I mean, he knows how to recruit the Pac-12. He UCLA is a sleeping giant. They'll be able to go and compete with USC and Southern California for the top-end talent. And uh, the USC-UCLA rivalry is going to be reignited big time. Herm to Arizona State, I don't get. The idea of a guy who has basically no college experience since he was like a DB coach at San Jose State in the 70s um, he was playing in the league in the 70s. Okay, so immediately after he got done, he had a cup of coffee in college, and then he was in the pros as a coach. But then he comes in, and it's like this weird presidential hierarchy where, you know, Herm's the coach and lead marketer, but... He's going to hire a bunch of guys that know how to recruit and improve talent once they get them in. I just, I, I don't get it. I mean, it might work, but Graham had that program going in the right direction. I mean, at least until they lost to San Diego State. But, but they, but they beat U Dub, and now Herm's going to come in and he's going to do what? I mean, is he going to be able to go in and sit on a couch and, and, and tell parents, hey, uh, you know, I don't really want to get back into NFL. This is where I want to be. I think if you want to – Just job, Well, to me, I think it, it comes down to this. If Herm came in your house and Herm was talking to your son and it's about trust, 
Wouldn't you trust Herm to turn your kid into a quality young man in four or five years that he had access to your son? I think that's the thing that Herm has going for him. You know, everybody makes makes a big deal about you play to win the game and all that kind of stuff. Hello. Uh, but my father separated from birth twin brother Herman. I think, I, I think I'm willing to give him, he's going it, to, it generated some excitement and, uh, for them in terms of he'll get some kids and he, you know, he's going to treat you like a grown ass man. You, it's not going to be, you know, fun and games. He's going to expect some level of accountability and, you know, look at who their two big coaches are in their uh, money programs at at ASU. Bob Hurley and Herm. Hurley's the next coach at Duke. You know what? We had, I'm, I'm, I've had this conversation I'm, I'm saying a lot that right with now. Duke fans. I, I think if they stay in the family, I think you're right. I think he's going to be like Roy Williams at uh, the defending champs. But here's an off-the-radar <laughs> pick to replace K at some point. What about a guy like Shaka Smart? Mm. I'm, just, I'm just throwing you that out. You never want to follow a legend, so maybe, maybe Shaka is the sacrificial lamb, and then they bring Hurley in. Yeah, you have a bridge guy kind of like – uh, you had Spurrier, then Zook, then Herbals. Correct. <laughs> Where Zook did a like lot it. of good things that helped Urban win. But he couldn't well, get I, the job done. Right. I was there. I saw it firsthand, bro. <laughs> mm-hmm. Want to take a break and get into Sunday ball? That sounds good. Uh, we didn't even get into Greg Schiano, which I wanted to just go crazy on, but that's that's that could be another whole show. Right. He's Rob Havner. I'm Jeremy Lynch. <laughs> Jeremy Lynch. <laughs> Let's talk about. We'll, we'll get into Schiano real quick after the break. Stick and stay. It's the Robin Mob Show. <laughs> I never get the flu. My kids don't need more shots. I don't have time. We're all healthy. My asthma's under control. I'm pregnant. I've had the flu. It's not a big deal. My kids are too old the for media flu. media is exaggerated. I can fight it naturally. No matter how you build your excuses, the flu can blow your house down. Keep your foundation strong. Vaccinate. Learn more at flu.gov. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. Welcome back to another bi-coastal edition of the Rob and Mob Show, the Midwest Coast here in beautiful Worthington, Ohio. Rob Pavner, along with my main man, Jerry Lynch. Uh, Escondido, California, coming to you here. Escondido. The Deeds. Eaglewood. Let's go. <laughs> Eaglewood. Up to no good. <laughs> Eaglewood trying to get a piece. Even Hollywood. <laughs> We're going to have two NFL stadiums where the cars in the parking lot will all be stolen. Just <laughs> <laughs> because you don't like going to Carson. <laughs> oh, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Drove through there once, never again. 
Um, actually, on the way back from baby uh, USC Ohio State, Jim Jackson against um, Harold Miner. Oh, stop. Not a baby Jordan reference. Yeah, baby. <laughs> oh, that oh. was a great game, actually. Um, you got to be old to even remember that. We were in college when that went down. Well, you know. <laughs> I, 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 I was, you know, went the safe route and, and went with the parents so that I didn't get into, you know, I wasn't up to no good after the game. <laughs> 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 I actually that same trip I actually went up to UC Santa Barbara and watched Ohio State play um, Santa Bar- the Gauchos and actually the Gauchos didn't, had a pretty good squad then didn't UCSB the, the team was the last team to beat Tark's UNLV squad that won that title and lost to Duke in 91 the year before yeah. Because they were undefeated going into that game, right? Yeah, they were undefeated going into the game against Duke in 91. But yeah. They, I've looked You're it up. Right. It was, You're right. Santa Barbara beat them the year before right the around tournament? around Valentine's Day. Oh, was it Valentine's Day? Okay. Yeah. Who was I thinking of that they played in the – oh. Uh, somebody almost beat him in the tournament the year before that. Uh, Ball, Ball State, State. Did. Ball State. Yeah, that's right. And but that was the year Ohio State played that. Vegas, wasn't it? In the second round, uh, because Ohio, Ohio State, State beat, beat Providence on that Providence off the glass, Alex Davis. Right. Hey, now pull that one out of my ear. Yeah. You know what? Yeah, well, I know. UCSB beat him at the Thunderdome, seventy-eight to seventy. Nice. Um, that's, is then, is um, that when they were both in the Big West? Yes. Look at you. Okay. It's going to give you extra credit for that. <laughs> and then um, in the conference tournament, that team – now we're on a 1990 unit <laughs> tangent. Uh, this is an NFL block. <laughs> right, in the NFL block. They beat Cal State Fullerton. They beat the University of Pacific. And they beat um, Long Beach State to – win the league, and then in that tournament run, they're the first team and only team with three 100-point games, and they set the single tournament uh, scoring record this season. They'd be Arkansas Little Bock, 102-72, Ohio State, 76-65, 69-67 over Ball State, 131-101 over Marymount to get to the Final Four, uh, beat the Bobby Kremens, Kenny Anderson, Brian Oliver, Dennis Scott team, ninety eighty one, and then laid the epic smackdown on Duke one hundred three to seventy three. Was that the year that Anderson, Marymount Anderson lost MOP. Kimball? Gathers or Gathers? Thank you. Kimball was shooting free throws, lefty. And, yep. Je- and Jeff Fryer was raining threes from everywhere when they beat Michigan and by a million. Right, they beat Michigan. Michigan got one hundred fourteen on them and was never in the game. They lost like one forty seven, one fourteen, or something. Something like that. Oh, yeah. crazy. I remember that. We got that here. That was the regional game in that that 230 window that day. Nice. That was an absolute – it's the most impressive shooting performance I've ever seen. And that was on the heels of the previous year when Glenn Rice made everything. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Particularly in the Sweet 16 in Lexington against my beloved Carolina Tar Heels. I don't like to talk about that. 
All right, let's get back to what we're supposed to Yes, talk. that sounds good. Digressing. See, it's always what happens with us. Usually it's during a break, but... Mm-hmm. Sunday, the slate reads as follows. It's all divisional games, uh, all times Eastern. Sorry about your luck, bro. I do in Pacific, but I don't want to mess it up. Green Bay at Detroit at 1... The 1 o'clock state starts with Green Bay at the D. Houston at Indy. Chicago at Minnehaha. The J-E-T-S, Jets, 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 and Foxborough. Uh, the Washingtonians at the, de- the artist formerly known as the New York Football Giants. The Dallas at the Birds. Finishing the season in Philly for the second straight year. Uh, winless in Cleveland at Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's arresting everybody because they really don't need them to beat Cleveland. Carolina at Atlanta. That got a laugh from the wife. I'll take it. Kansas City at Denver, <laughs> Jacksonville at Tennessee. This is now in the 425 window. Um, Tennessee wins in their end, I think, is how that works. Uh, San Francisco at the Rams of Los Angeles. Uh, first Los Angeles Rams, Los Angeles Rams division title since 1985. Uh, Buffalo at Miami, Oakland at the Los Angeles Chargers. I'm sorry, at the Carson Chargers. Uh, Gloss return. Arizona at Seattle. Uh, Seattle wins and gets some help there in. Uh, Atlanta has to lose is how that works, I think. Uh, and New Orleans at the famous Jameis's, my wife's favorite player. No, I'm just kidding. Wow. <laughs> that deserves a slap. I uh, know. She might hit me with something. The only reason I haven't got hit yet is because I have a laptop on my lap. Um, of those 16 games, I'll be at work on Sunday. So only Sunday, I've, I worked one Sunday this year and it's Sunday. Uh, so I will miss the, the early window. Um, I, I, I'm pulling for the Vikings to make history and host the Super Bowl. That would be and epic. Playing it. That would be epic. Uh, that would be okay, but I don't know if they have enough offense. It kind of reminds me of Case Keenum. That two, you don't trust Case two, Keenum? No, I do not. <laughs> where's Where's would, Christian Ponder when you need him? Because no, my wife wants to know why. It's because no team that's playing host to the Super Bowl has ever got to play in a game that they're hosting. So that would be kind of cool from a historical perspective. I know, and they deserve to rot for beating up your boyfriend, Aaron Rodgers. But I digress. Well, hey. My um, team. You know. Yeah. He had a shot. He came he, back. They lost. And apparently. They lost well, to Carolina. And apparently the league was – somebody called the league and was like, oh, they can't put they, him back They have to be releasing him. him. I read that. Right. How about the league that is like, snafu? Right. The league is like, no. And I think they're, they're getting a silly money fine at the owners' meetings. I think they're going to find them like five grand. <laughs> yeah. Here's your dollar. <laughs> um, Nothing to see here. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's like, okay, don't put them on an IR then. Just don't play them. Right. That's what I said. Tammy brought that up to me the other day. I said, all right, then don't put them on IR. Just don't dress them. Yeah. It's a healthy and, scratch. I mean, Right, well. I mean, unhealthy scratch, but you know. Um, So, (laughs) 
despite the fact that the Spanos family, you know, took a dump all over San Diego, I am still interested <laughs> in in the Carson Er Inglewood Er Anaheim Er L.A. Chargers. Um, so, <laughs> first of all, first of all, before you even start, okay, you stole that joke from me because the joke goes like this: Really, Oakland, Los Angeles. <laughs> Orlando, San Antonio, Irwindale, City of Industry, Portland, Vancouver, Las Vegas Raiders. Yeah, okay, I'll give you credit. That's fine. (laughs) I have no problem giving you credit. Uh, It was good, though. I liked it, though. It was nice. Anyway, um, they somehow, after starting 0-4, have an opportunity to get in the playoffs. The last 0-4 team to get in the playoffs, the San Diego Chargers. San Diego Chargers, right. Stan Humphreys with his, you know, chipmunk face. 92? 92, that's right. Um, Anyway, they need to win against the Raiders, the hapless Raiders, um, and then get some help where they need – I think they just need Tennessee – to lose to Jacksonville because Buffalo they have the head-to-head with and Baltimore is already in right as the five are they I think Baltimore uh, I thought Baltimore was the five Tennessee was the six Chargers the seven if Tennessee loses and the Chargers win the Chargers are in Buffalo it doesn't matter what they do because if, if the Chargers win and Buffalo wins they're tied Chargers win the head-to-head uh, because they decided to start McKenna at quarterback when they played here, and the Chargers put up 50. Not even sure what happened, because <laughs> their, their quarterback threw five picks. Like, yeah, I, I still, for the life of me, don't understand why he did that. Um, after Sunday's, after the last Sunday's games, in the AFC, the seeding is as follows. If the season had ended after the games just played on Sunday. New England's the one, Pittsburgh's the two, Jacksonville's the three. Kansas City's the four, currently the four. Baltimore's the five, Tennessee's the six. In the hunt, the Chargers need help to get in. In addition to beating the Raiders in week 17, they'll need the Titans to lose to the Jaguars and the Ravens to defeat the Bengals. Buffalo also needs some help to end the longest active playoff streak. uh, Playoff uh, drought, excuse me, in the NFL. They'll need to win at Miami and get losses from the Chargers and Titans, or they can win and get in with a victory over the Dolphins and a Ravens loss. And the Ravens NFC. loss. Mm-hmm. Wait, wait. They get in with a Ravens loss, and it doesn't matter what the Chargers do. That's what it says, bro. So they could be the five, and the Chargers could get in as the six, which seems weird yeah. because the Chargers beat Buffalo. And they would end with the same record. Wouldn't it be the Chargers five? I think so, but I I think uh, Buffalo better has a better intra-conference record. Oh, okay. So then it's not a head-to-head thing. You would think it would be. We, you and I have been down this rabbit hole on NFL tiebreakers on this show, and we had to go way back to do it. <laughs> uh, was that three-way tie in the Big Twelve that year when they didn't have the conference championship game and when they only had 10 and it was yeah right the big 10 we yeah (laughs) 
And I think what, what we get five, the four little or five X. Deep, <laughs> little X, still alive. Um, in the NFC, if the season ended Sunday, Eagles the one seed, that's a lock. That won't change. Minnesota's the two. Uh, Rams are the three. Saints currently hold the four. Uh, Carolina's the five. Atlanta is the six. Now, Seattle clinches a wild card berth with a victory over the Cardinals and a Falcons loss to the Panthers. So that's the only game that uh, involves an NFC team that has any playoff consequences on Sunday. Nobody else is going. Um, the crazy part for me in, in Week 17 is who's in, who needs to help to get in, and who's not playing whom, right? Who's sitting guys that matter? I mean, Kansas City is is starting Mahomes, which they probably should have been anyway. Um, so, I mean, if if they happen to be playing somebody that it meant anything, which I don't think they are, uh, and they've already clinched, so it doesn't matter. But those kind of scenarios where it's like, okay, who's Jacksonville playing? They're the three. They probably locked up the three. Are they going to sit a bunch of guys against Tennessee? And then Tennessee actually goes on a run, wins the game somehow where Mariota doesn't throw a touchdown pass, throws two picks and runs for 80 yards, and they somehow win? Um, or, you know, are we going to get the Jacksonville team that has looked like the number three seed in the AFC all year? Well, Jacksonville, Marone said he's not sitting anybody. Okay. So, so that's uh, good for the Chargers. I think, Even though I think the Spanoses deserve a big flaming bag of crap for Christmas. I think Marone, the point Marone is making is since they know they're going to play the following weekend as the three, I think he wants them to be as sharp as possible. And I, I think because you're dealing with a team that – doesn't have any playoff experience. I think you want those guys to get some reps. If they get a lead, I think he's going to pull some guys. But, you know, I, I think this team is – they've had enough high draft pick, and they seem to have done it the right way uh, building this defense. They they kill your quarterback. They still uh, don't have a – speaking of quarterbacks, they – Bortles. The Chargers beat Jacksonville, I mean, for 58 minutes. And somehow Jacksonville ended up winning the game because they kicked a field goal in, I forget if it was regulation or overtime, but they picked off Bortles well, twice in the last two minutes. And somehow Jacksonville still won. But anyway, um, they mismanaged their timeouts and all kinds of stuff. But Jacksonville, you're going to rely on Bortles to win you a playoff game? He's like the reincarnate of Sean Salisbury. Oh, that's disrespectful to Blake Bortles and Sean Salisbury. Interception spelled backwards, brother. <laughs> oh, so damn. good when it touches your lips. Load <laughs> it up again. <laughs> Look, my thing with Blake Bortles is simply that when he had two or three offensive coordinators, um, I, I think he was trying to do too much. Just do what you're asked to do. Hit open. Right. Here's a funny aside. I played with the Jags on uh, 
Madden 17 a couple of weeks ago. I was off on a Tuesday. I was doing some baking or something to get ready for Thanksgiving. And uh, the first ball I threw with Blake Bortles was an interception. I kid you not. <laughs> Even on Madden, I threw a pick. Uh, I got Madden 18 and then proceeded to Dak Prescott picks all over Jerry World in a loss to the Rams on Christmas morning. But anyway, um, it, it was funny. That, that That's how that went down. But uh, I think if – look, if Trent Dilfer has a Super Bowl ring, then anything is humanly possible. Uh, I think you're going to want to keep mistakes at a minimum. You're, you're not going to want him chucking it 35 times. And Marone, everybody killed Marone for saying that in the in the, the off season and during OTAs and stuff. They didn't want him in a perfect world. Blake wouldn't throw it at all, but you got to keep him honest. So he's going to have to make some throws. And they've got injuries. You know, Mercedes Lewis is hurt. Marquise Lee's ankles hurt. Um, they they lost both the Allens for some some time. Robinson and Hearn uh, damaged some fantasy teams. I had one of those guys last year in a bad fantasy season. Uh, was four and ten last year. One and thirteen this year. Uh, you know, so much like the New York Football Giants, I'm just going to burn it down, set it on fire. Speaking of the football guys, how about Landon Collins referring to former Buckeye Fredo Apple as a locker room cancer? Hey, dude, call it like you see it. I, 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 mean, I wow. Stop living with your mom. <laughs> Whoa, that's brutal. <laughs> no, I mean, grow up, be a grown man. You're a healthy scratch four weeks in a row during the season. There's a problem. And, and Collins has every right to say that. Now, he backpedaled and tried to say, oh, I got my back and Eli's my boy and blah, blah, blah. Hey, if a spade is a spade, call it a spade. If it walks like a duck. He was garbage at Ohio State. He's garbage now. He's like Chimney well, Chekwa, except not as good. Oh. <laughs> uh, according, this is from Dan Graziano. Uh, Fredo's contract includes clauses that would allow the Giants to avoid the guaranteed money in 2017, 18, and 19 if, among other things, player is suspended by the club or by the NFL or player engages in conduct, conduct detrimental the to the team to <laughs> adversely affect or reflect on the club in club sole discretion. This would seem to allow the Giants to release Fredo and argue they don't owe him his guaranteed salaries of 1.827 and 2.516 over the next two seasons. Uh, this is the kind of language that holds up rookie deals under the new CBA. Some players fight back against the language that allows teams to avoid guarantees over things like team and post suspensions. Not all of them fight it, and not all of them will win those fights. So you know what? I, I, They're probably not going to release him or for cause. They'll work it out and fire their coach. Oh, wait. Coach's already gone, bro. <laughs> Speaking of coaches, 
<laughs> Real quick, he's Rob Havner. I'm Jeremy Lynch. We're at an hour and seven minutes. We're not even done with the B block. Tell me who you got <laughs> not surviving Black Monday. Um, John Fox. Um, okay. Maybe Jack Del Rio. Um, I, I, I've heard the similar thing. Uh, I'm going to say Dirk Hunter. Um, Could it be a one and done in Denver? I, the fact that they don't have a quarterback is not Vance Joseph's fault. So I'm going to say no there. Um, there are some rumblings out of Houston, too, that uh, he may be out of time down there. Uh, what? Yeah. They were a playoff team with Deshaun Watson. Right. They were going to be 11 and 5 with Deshaun Watson. They were ridiculous. He was putting up, in our fantasy league, he put up back to back 50 in the two games yeah. before he got hurt. And then he by the end of like, the year, they were looking at Braxton Miller to switch back to quarterback. You can't. I'm glad she didn't hear that. My wife would have punched you through my headset. Because that's her boy. She, she loves that dude. Hey, that's good. She, but Savage is having seizures after he gets hit. Oh, that's just wrong. He was. Did you see the highlights? Yeah, I saw He was convulsing. It. Um, I think... That what what happened was, and Houston got fined six figures for that. So now they know training staffs know that they're being watched. Seattle, you're talking about a billion dollar organization. I know, but I, I think you have to let them know that they're at least being watched. Um, I think they're yeah, um, maybe down there. What about here in Cleveland? I think it, Marvin's leaving Cincinnati, and I think thank God the only offensive. <laughs> yeah, um, I knew when he didn't get a new contract last offseason that he wasn't getting one this year. Um, my wife's family has a lot of Bengals fans in it. Uh, one of her cousins, I'm sorry, uh, who, who lives in Cincinnati, was like. Andy Dalton is garbage, and I was like, okay, I'm not going to have to do this, but he wasn't the one that let <laughs> two-thirds of their or you know, 40% of their offensive line sign free agent deals elsewhere and play well in those new cities. Um, he's the guy who punted the draft. Um, you know, it's hard to attract free agents to play there. Um, so you have to hit in the draft. You have to do everything right. I think Marvin Lewis's legacy there is going to be this is the 50th season of Bengals football. He's been the coach for 15 years. And in the previous 15 years, they did make the playoffs at all. And in his 15 years, they've made the playoffs seven times. And then didn't I, I think Mark, right. But given what they'd been through the previous 20 seasons, um, you have to go all the way back to, it's been, 30 years since they made the Super Bowl when Boomer Sison was the MVP and their no-huddle offense kind of took over the league there momentarily. 
I thought they had a they had a hell of a, a run in them. Um, I think they just missed making the wild card game in '89. They made the playoffs in 1990 and lost to the Raiders, the Los Angeles Raiders. Um, and then sometimes you just gotta have change. It's been 15 well, years. It's time to move on. I, I think he's probably been there four or five seasons too long. And, and you and I have seen this before. As particularly as a Chargers fan, Coriel was probably there two or three years too long. Uh, even it. And the thing about that was if. He had gone when everybody thought he should go. Then the coach that they elevate was already on the staff, and Joe Gibbs never makes it to Washington. And maybe it's the Chargers who win Super Bowls in 1982, 87, and 91. I'm just throwing that out there because the Bengals did well, the same that's, thing. No, I agree. I agree. You know the Bengals did the same thing. What about Dallas? Instead of hiring Bill Walsh, what about your Walsh. boys? Garrett. I there's some talk about How's that too. And and I think I think he gets at least one more year since he signed a five year extension last year. Um and like I said, and you asked me this on the phone at some point over the last year. I said I didn't believe that they were as good as thirteen and three. I said their regression to the mean is probably somewhere in the neighbor of neighborhood of nine to eleven wins. Um, but you got to get a pass. I, Ezekiel was gone for six games. I, I'm not willing to give him a pass because you know he was gone for six games for doing dumb. Um, but allegedly no, no, no. doing dumb. No. So allegedly, there's no crime. I mean, do I think he misbehaved? Yes. Oh, yeah. Do I think the NFL had a vendetta against what happened with him because of Ray Rice? Yes. Oh, absolutely. I think the specter so, of Do Ray I think Rice he was the scapegoat? For sure. Yeah. Definitely. Absolutely. Now, you, absolutely you, don't go into, you don't go into the hookah bar and load it up with huge green leaf in Seattle. <laughs> and then you, and don't you don't pull go, down you know, the halter top right. at the party. Right, you don't you expose a woman's breast to the St. Patrick's Day Parade in Chicago. You just don't do that either. Um, no, I mean, yeah. if you I, act your age. Um, I keep not. coming back to my central question with him is, why does mother club him upside the head with a coach back? Because, um, you know, I'm 40. I'll be 45 on, on uh, Wednesday. And, I'm 40. Um, I'm a man. I'm a man. I'm 44. <laughs> if I did some stuff like that, mom would be on the next flight looking to kick my ass. I agree. Now, with that, we're going to take a break because we're at 114. Going to the C block. He's Rob Havner. I'm Jeremy Lynch. It's the Robin Mod Show. I know a place that's peaceful and quiet, a place where animals play. It's called the forest, but every year we start forest fires a careless match, a cigarette, and poof, fire. So the next time you're in the forest, be extra careful, okay? <laughs> if you knew it was me, would you have listened? <laughs> wow. <sighs> Hour 16 <sighs> minutes in. It's the Robin Mob Show. If you're still with us, we're going to 
recover from the Black Monday tangent, and uh, we're going to touch on some round ball. He's Rob Havner. I'm Jeremy Lynch. I'm coming to you from San Diego. He is on the other coast of the old tangent. Midwest coast, y'all. Exactly. Uh, but back to round ball, um, we'll do a little NBA reset, let you know what's going on so far uh, in the early season, if you will, even though this thing is like one of the longest seasons there is. It's like October to June. Um, right. Uh, if, if June, if you're lucky. Yeah, exactly. Let's give them the division leaders uh, in the East. Boston leads the Atlantic. The uh, Cavs lead the Central. The Wizards lead the Southeast in the varsity. The Timberwolves lead the Northwest. The Dubs lead the Pacific. And in the Southwest, uh, led by the Houston Rockets. Um, my early season surprise uh, is the play of the Celtics. Uh, I, I didn't think losing Gordon Haywood early that they would, they would be doing so well. I've got a two-and-a-half game lead over Toronto in their division. 28 and 10. Uh, How much of that is, is, is Stevens? Because I think he's a witch. Oh, yeah. He's, he's got voodoo. He's got chalk voodoo. Yeah. Or wax board voodoo. I mean, I, I understand you take Butler to the national championship game two games, two years in a row, right? You're already, like, on a different level. But to do what he's doing with the hand he's been dealt a couple times with Boston, I'm, I'm buying in. Oh, yeah. Uh, I agree. Um, I, I like him. I mean, if he was coaching any place else, it wouldn't be quite the hassle. Um, True. Because, you know, you know, my NBA allegiance is no, in no. last place again. <laughs> uh, hey, dude, uh, what do you I, think about Lithuania? Oh, I'm sorry. I'll t- we'll get to that later. <laughs> oh, dude. I, I just, that guy just shut up. Oh my god. Dude, you just ruined two of your son's lives. Right. But anyway, let's right. get let's get to I mean, we'll get to that in a minute. But, but uh, yeah. holy mackerel. Uh so what's what's your surprise team? Or who how about this? Yeah, we'll first we'll go, who's your surprise? And then I want to know who's your long shot to make a run into the playoffs. Uh, my surprise team is the Minnesota Timberwolves. Okay. Although, and here's the thing, defensively they're just okay, but I think no, as, I'm sorry, give me your surprise team in the East. Oh, I'm sorry, uh, in the Eastern Conference? Doesn't it have to be the Pistons or the Sixers? I, I uh, think it would be trust, the Sixers. Um, the process, dude, is they're 15 and 18 or three games under. Well, well see, that's the thing. Of- that's why I want to slow down. Everybody's slow down on the Sixers. Everyone's going, you know, Embiid this and, and process that. They're still under 500. Right, but if you've had a chance to watch them, I watched them against Oklahoma City a couple of Fridays ago, and they do a lot of things, although they are relying on J.J. Redick for clutch three-point shooting. Uh, he's a Duke guy, and that doesn't work at this level. Um, <laughs> hey, it just doesn't. Um, Holtman needs a guy like Reddick on his team, but that's going to be basketball. <laughs> wow, that ain't right. Um, I think the Knicks. You, you could kind of the Knicks are in that weird spot, like the Yankees were all season, where it was a feel good story, 
And then the Yankees had things change, and now they're back to being the evil. Uh, so here, I'll, I'll agree with you. The Sixers and Pistons, you know, both good choices. Milwaukee Bucks. Now, why do I say that? Because I have a man crush on G Boy, G Man. Oh, he can ball. He's oh, got some stuff, brother. He has got more than some stuff. He is an unstoppable force. I mean, I think LeBron actually may say he's better than I am. Right now. Not like overall in his career or anything, but potentially. He has game that is that transcends the game. He's 23, 6'11", and he's got everything. Handles, leapers, you know, jump shot. No fear. I mean, he could post you up. He can take you outside. He he rises up on people for, you know, winning dunks. I mean, he's all you want in a bag of tricks. <laughs> and it comes with bratwurst. So. <laughs> exactly. I'll even choke I'll down can... some MGD if you want. <laughs> Ooh. Oh, that aftertaste. That made my mouth hurt. Um. In the West, I am going to stick with the Timberwolves, though, because... I agree with you there. I agree. If they, if they get it defensively, they'll get some more easy buckets. What are they? They're averaging 108 a game, uh, point differential of 1.9. Um, I think they're, How they're about playing Butler's, pretty well. I think Butler signing there was the catalyst for that team. They had a bunch of youngins, right? They had Wiggins, yeah. and they had yeah, they, uh, they, the guy from Kentucky... Um, Cat, Carl yeah. Anthony Towns. Yeah. Um, but so they, they needed a leader, and they needed somebody who had done it, you know, been there, done that in the league. Butler goes there. All of a sudden, I mean, 22 and 14? Wow. Okay. Yeah. I, I think um, – and let's, let's take it the other way. Who's your biggest disappointment so far? Uh, in the East? Hmm. It's hard to have a disappointment in the East. Probably the Cavs. <laughs> two and a half back from the top seed. Well, I mean, yeah, but that's fraudulent. I mean, in my opinion, you know, they, they lose good to good teams and they, they chew up the rest of the, the junior varsity. Um, <laughs> so, but my expectations of the Prince are, you know, pretty high, you know, and the Prince is a glossary term from way back. Uh, for those of you who have been listening to the Robin mob show for quite a while. Um, disrespectful good though. Uh, uh, how about you in the East? In the East? I, I'm going to say this in all seriousness. I'm going to say the Chicago Bulls and the Atlanta Hawks, because those are two proud basketball cities. Mm. Um, they're combined the are twenty-one not, and forty-seven. Right. Right. Bad. <laughs> Stank. <laughs> Here's the word, the word of the show. Stank. <laughs> Stank. Um, in the West, my my most disappointing team is probably Memphis. I was gonna say Memphis. And then I looked at 14 and 19 next to the word the LA Clippers. Clippers. I was going to say them too, so it was, it, we were on the same page. But 
I don't know. I mean, you lose your point guard, even though he only played every third game. Um, wow. I, Blake wasn't ready to lead that team. Um, and, you know, Patrick Beverly, really? Calm down, bro. Right. Um, Just because you rookie in his first game, a grown man would have destroyed you. Yeah, exactly. You got I a, you got a 19-year-old, that's a it? Wreck. Yeah, I know. Right. Just calm down. He he couldn't get no run with us at Hans Park back in the day. Wow. Yeah. Why don't you come down to Balboa Muni? We'll we'll, we'll get a run going. <laughs> <laughs> he could get on a Glenwood. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. All right. So we'll we'll keep this as a short block. Who do you think has a okay. chance to make? Uh, we'll get to this, and then we'll get to we'll get to my my question for you about Steph. Um, who has a chance to go further than they probably should in the playoffs? East first. The Indiana Pacers. Okay. I like that because if they if they stay where they're at, you know, the six, seven, or eight seed. Let's say they stay in the seven because if the season ended today, they'd be the seventh seed. They'd get Toronto, and they can get Toronto. And then that puts you up against the 3-6 winner, which is probably the Cavs. And they, they could probably give the Cavs fifth because here's the dirty little secret about the Cavs roster is they're old. Oh, it's not a this dirty is, little secret. It's, it's you know, the 1999 NBA East Conference All Star Team reunion tour. Oh wow! <laughs> I, oh wow! I, I, mean, I don't even have jokes for that. <laughs> I mean, seriously, like, what are you doing? Is LeBron that good? He can patchwork together a bunch of journey. I mean, over the hill used to be hanging on guys and go twenty four and nine until their li- recent two-game losing streak? Wow, okay. Is the East that bad? Probably. Yes. <laughs> I mean, we, we know it I, is, but... So you think the Cavs go three-seed? If... Look, like I... If... I, I think the Cavs and the Celtics are going to fight it out for the one-seed. Whoever draws Toronto in the first round, that's the, the three-six. So you, you get the... What's that give you the uh, the two seven winner uh, in the second round? So yeah, uh, I, I wouldn't want the Celtics. The Celtics are kind of playing with house money, so I wouldn't um, want the Sixers if I were the Celtics. Like if the Sixers put it together and sneak in as the eight, I don't want any part of the Sixers in the playoffs. Not the saying that they're going to be Seattle against or against Denver. But, wow. But I don't know. I, I just wouldn't want to play Embiid. I think he's a freak. I think they got a lot of talent. Um, they're a couple years away, uh, and they still got to figure out what to do with Simmons. But um, my team that I think could go further than they probably should, and this is going to sound weird, but – the Wizards, they don't win playoff series, right? 
But I think this could be a year where because the East, even though you got Boston, Toronto, Cavs, they're all gettable. I think they all have flaws. You know, somebody gets hurt. Um, somebody doesn't play well. You know, somebody hits your boy in the face again. He's got to wear a mask uh, for the Celtics. Uh, you know, Kyrie. Um, who knows? I mean, I'm just saying, I, I don't think there's a, like a, a dominant team in the East like there, there is in the West or several in the West. Um, so I think Washington, if they get the right draw, I think Washington could actually win a couple of series, maybe even get to the East final. Here's a double bonus question for you. Given that the, the hockey team in the nation's capital have a history of playoff failures and the, the Wizards franchise hasn't gotten at least to the, hasn't gotten to the conference final, I think since 1979, uh, when they went to the finals and lost in a rematch uh, with the Seattle Supersonics. If both of those teams flame out early in the postseason, are both of those rosters getting blown up? Mm. Maybe. I think you – what are you going to do? How long are you going to be all in? I mean, if it's not I, working, I'm, it's not working. I'd say yes. I've, I've seen teams ride it into the ground. Uh, oh. That seems stupid. Look at, look at the Berg, the Berg Parish, McHale Celtics. They rode that thing right to the end in 93, um, which would have been – Speaking of D.C., Real quick tangent. Did you see some of the new gear? The city gear, I think they're calling it? Yeah. Do you see it for the 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 Wizards? It says yeah. the district on it. Yeah. Oh, those are sick. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh. There's, like, there's a slideshow on ESPN.com. I saw uh, it. Where you can see the whole thing. Yeah. Um, Western Conference team that could get further than they should. Mm. Pelicans. I'm going to take. I'm going to take Portland because I think mm. that backcourt is really good. It is. It's not college but though. The problem <laughs> guard play right. doesn't win championships. <laughs> right. I'd like to see Portland maybe the six or the seven. That way you could avoid uh, Golden State as long as possible. And here's the thing. Everybody was on Houston's uh, man area last season about what they were doing offensively. What do we know for sure? In the playoffs, it's a different game. It slows down, and at some point, you've got to get stopped. Play defense. Right. And that, that's why I said the Pelicans, because you got, you got Davis, right? Offense and defense. Right. I mean, I, don't forget about Boogie. Um, the... Everything in the NBA in the playoffs is can you get stops? I know Golden State's been on this, you know, craziness where, you know, they can – they still had to get stops against Cleveland. So, you know, they, they still got to get stops against OKC. Um, but, you know, for me, pound for pound, best player in the West is Davis. I mean, he's a freak. I, I'm still going to take Kevin Durant. Because Kevin Durant had hit the single biggest shot of last season 
and you and, and I meant to call you right after that game, but I think I had to work the next day. When they won game five and Durant dribbled up and he slowed down and that pull up three in LeBron's mug, you played as many, if, if not more, pickup games than I have. How good does that feel when you get that guy on his heels, off the bounce, and you kind of give him that slow, okay, and you get him and you dribble him to your spot where you've taken that shot thousands of times, and when it leaves your hand, you know it's down. Oh, it's that's what that shot was. There's nothing better. There's nothing better. (laughs) Anyway, I was on the couch like, ooh. Oh yeah, I agree. I agree. No. Nope, there's nothing better. And there's nothing better than taking another uh, another quick break. He's Rob Havner. He's Jeremy Lynch. It's the Robin Mob Show. When we come back, we're going to hit the silly D block. Champagne, oh. boys. We're going we're gonna to put Steph in the D block. And we got some baseball. We got some second coming since it's Christmas time. We, and we got some predictions sure to go wrong. Stick and stay. It's the Robin Mob Show. <laughs> Think fast. In the short time it takes to listen to this message, a small flame can turn into a big fire. Several minutes more, and thick, poisonous smoke may have filled your lungs and reduced your ability to respond. Give it five, and your entire home may be filled with flames. Keep breathing. We've got you. Don't let your world go up in smoke. Have working smoke alarms and keep children three feet away from anything that gets hot. Learn more at usfa.fema.gov, because fire is everyone's fight. Ah, yes. Pop the bubbly. It is the champagne room edition (laughs) of the Robin Mob Show. D-Block. D-Block and a half. Absolutely. Positive. It's the champagne room, y'all. All right. To start off our sippage, um, tell me what you thought about Steph Curry possibly becoming an NFL owner. Do you think that's serious? I mean, with what's going on in Charlotte? Well, I look, I, I think the NFL would love to have minority ownership. Um, so it's going to take, uh, going to take a group. Um, yeah, this isn't about just Steph Curry, but right. He's the headline. Can, right. I, I think I, I'm interested to see where it goes and, you know, he's going to have to put up a lot of his own scratch. So even if he's a minority owner, you're looking at something, you're going to need 2 billion bucks for this. So. Which is crazy. Which is, which is a lot more than the old man paid to get in. Um, so that's, that being said, um, I, I'm interested to see it. I, I'm, I'm in if, if, if they can get it done. I think um, isn't Kaepernick supposed to be part of this group? I, I that's a whole other block. <laughs> um, okay. Look, all you need to know is that Blake Bortles is gamefully employed, and a guy who took a team to the Super Bowl is. That's all I'm saying about that. Um. Yeah, Tom I, I, Savage. I love, right, and a guy. Right. A guy from Northwestern. And a guy who took a team to the Super Bowl. He's not playing. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. 
That's all I'm saying. Um, Crazy. I, th- I, I I get a question from one of my aunts who's a, a, a college professor here locally about if do, do I think the Browns would be better if Paul Warfield's group had gotten the team? And the best answer I could give is I don't know because as important as ownership is, particularly NFL, you can't screw the draft, particularly picking in the top five 19 times in 20 years. Um, and that is what's happened with them. So that's a whole nother tangent, but I, I will be interested in it. And I know I, if you're at Park Avenue and you're working for a commissioner for life, Goodell, you want, you want a, a strong minority ownership presence in that city, um, in any city. But if you can get it in Charlotte, you'll take it in Charlotte. All right, I agree. Uh, moving on, in the wee hours of uh, Saturday, December 9th, a uh, bombshell was dropped on Major League Baseball. The Yankees, reportedly, shocking, <laughs> reached an agreement with the Marlins for Giancarlo Stanton. Rob Havner, the floor. <laughs> well, okay, I'm going to just fess up. I didn't watch any Yankee games during the regular season. I didn't watch any during, during the postseason. And I, I was... I was kind of proud of the way that this team kind of came together. Young guys um, dug out of that 0-2 hole against Cleveland, got to Game 7 of the ALCS before they lost to the eventual World Series champion. And you, you kind of had the feeling like you had at the end of the 95 postseason, okay, they're going to do something soon. But you had no idea that it was trade for this guy with this massive contract. Um and here's the thing. Should if, I re- should I re- read the tweet? Oh, I'm sorry, the, the the text that you sent me? <laughs> <laughs> you can if you want. Stanton to the Yankees, four question marks. My response, like old times. Your response, so you need starting pitchers, you get another slugger. <laughs> <laughs> right. Here's my thing, though, is, and I didn't realize that this existed in baseball. They have their, their luxury tax system. If you were below that threshold for two consecutive regular seasons, it automatically reset. So if they trade the right dudes, they can get under that threshold so that they're ready to go for next year's ridiculous free agent crop, which is headlined by some guy named Bryce something. Uh, Northside. <laughs> yeah. I, I think that's a, that's a four-team conversation. Both the New York teams, the Cubs and the Dodgers. Yeah. I, I don't think everybody else can just stop. But Agreed. To, so that's where I'm at on that. I just it, Any positive momentum that, they, that the Yankee organization got by being this scrappy, plucky bunch of dudes that made a deep postseason run immediately got just eviscerated when a former Yankee – this is like – Mikhail trading Garnett to Danny Ainge. This is what that's like. So, <laughs> hopefully it ends in the same title, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah. No, I agree. I mean, we all know that pitching wins championships. I mean, it helps to have a little offense, but right. you got to have, right. have some arms. Exactly. All right, so... We have blasphemed quite a bit on this show. <laughs> <laughs> 
I I have. I'll, I'll just say that. Uh, over, <laughs> over the years, you know, we've had uh, countless nicknames. Yahweh, the Lord, <laughs> Kim, capital H. Um, <laughs> The Dalai Lama. Um, Eldrick is back in the news only because he's trying to do another comeback. And, you know, uh, with his birthday coming up in two days, um, I thought it would be a good opportunity for us to revisit um, the second coming of Golf Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Now, he he played in his own tournament in the Bahamas, made for television, basically. I mean, I know it benefits his foundation, but 18 guys, uh, you know, 16 of the top players in the world, and then a couple of exemptions, including his, you know, the, the tournament host. He played way better than most people thought. 60s, four, three times. Um, Saturday kind of uh, derailed the opportunity for him to actually contend but all the signs were there for for me um as a decent golfer to say this is different than his other ones right some of the 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 slashing at the ball uh trying to get home in two on some of the longer par fives with no pain um hitting his towering Iron, long iron shots uh, from the middle of the fairway uh, to land softly on uh, either the long par fours or um, the par fives. I mean, we all know that it's, you know, drive for show, chip and putt for dough, uh, and the short game is the last thing to come back. And, you know, early in his the tournament, he was pedestrian uh, around the greens. Made some putts, but his lag putting suffered a little bit, and his um, his chipping wasn't what we're used to, but that'll come back. What I was impressed with was tee to green. Um, he looked like this could be a comeback, um, not just, hey, we're going to get to Tory in Dubai and then shut it down. Your thoughts? Well, it, it, well, let me just start with it. If you're a decent golfer <laughs> you personally are decent then we need a new definition <laughs> your game is ridiculous dude between you and buck and mike alvarez i know three i got guys all over the place that can hit the tiny dimple ball and i could drive the cart and we not swing a club and we'd win every scramble for an entire summer <laughs> but to to your question, I think you're right. I think his physical health, I think mentally, and Jack says this all the time, mentally was going to be the thing. Play good one day, not wake up in a bag of knots like he got hit with a bag of doorknobs or something. And he put it together. And I think, and you know this, and I joke about it all the time. I haven't played uh, golf in more than 10 years. And it would take me probably two summers to knock off the, you know, calcification to my game. But um, that's all he's ever done. And you know that I, what you want and what everybody really wants, they want, there are two questions. Can he win a major? And 
I want to know how can he contend? Can he be in the last two or three groups on a Sunday at, at let's just say Pebble Beach or or at Doral or or Bay Hill or Sawgrass? And how does he how does he respond in those moments? I think everybody's anxious to see that. So um, my expectations are low. I want to see him play 72 hole. That's what I want. I want him to finish a tournament. Um, and then once he does that, then let's see him finish 72 holes in the last two or three or four groups in, in the event. And cause I know he's got the game. He can make enough shots. He can get hot enough against the right field because not everybody plays every event you can catch lightning in a bottle and win the, the waste management open, you can go into the Byron Nelson, even though it's a challenging course and you could win down there at the shell Houston open. You could, you know, you, and, and win it. Uh, we know he can do all of those things. I think everybody's still going to, going to think that he's measuring himself against winning those 14 majors. And, no matter what he does from now till he stops playing competitive golf, he's never going to have a run like he had from 99 to 2002. You're no, not ever going to see that. No. I mean, we, for the longest time, were holding out hope that, or not even hope, but belief that he would win another major. And then it finally got to the point where, you know, the, uh, the psychological damage done by getting hit in the mouth with a nine iron um, by a significant sure other. Um, oh, um, was too much. And, and we kind of swayed the other way and um, didn't think that it was going to be possible, you know, and back to your point, he's going to play the tournaments that he plays or at the tournaments that are held at a golf course where he, you know, has success. Tory Pines, Arnie, um, where else, let's see, where else has he won a bunch? Um, Doral. Doral, exactly. Um, uh, you know, if he might even play the, the Pebble Beach um, Pro-Am just because he's so good there. Um, but those courses aside, I agree with you. My expectations in the majors and the biggins like players um, and some of the others are low because – for me, what he did on Saturday, moving day, in that hero challenge, was indicative of somebody who hadn't played competitive golf in a while. Thursday and Friday, they're fun. I mean, Charlie Hoffman's good on Thursday and Friday. Um, but you can't – it's not the same on the weekend. And so if you – until he gets those competitive – that a competitive experience back um, where he's thrown into the fire – He's in the second to last group, he or he's in the last group, and somebody's chasing him, and he holds him off with a barrage of birdies, or you know, vice versa, or he goes and gets somebody on Saturday, and then puts himself in the final group because you know he's lethal when he's leading on Sunday. Until he does that, the jury's still going to be out for me. I mean, he may play well in all the tournaments that he's usually plays well in, but until I see it at Augusta, until I see it at where's the Open this year. Um, is it Shinnecock? It might be. That is an excellent question. I, you know, 
it's one of those things because you're not here. Um, I don't really, I'm not as locked on it as I would be. And I'm Shinnecock, typing it as is fast as I can. It is Shinnecock. <laughs> um, you know, or the, the British, um, or the open championship. Um, <laughs> Where's that this year? That is Carnoustie. I mean, he's got a shot. Um, he played well there in 99. That much we know. Yeah. Um, uh, that was, was that the banana? Was that Sergio? No, Ser- 99. Was, no, that's not. That wasn't that, Sergio. That, that was, that was uh, Or not St. Andrews. That was. Um, Paul Lowry. That was uh, the year that. Oh, uh, wow. Dust, Dustin Rose finished and, and turned pro. 20 minutes after it ended and didn't win ever again. And then, uh, <laughs> wow. Uh, who's Vandeveld, uh, could have made seven and one and made eight and up in a playoff and lost in the playoff. So, yeah. So my I, thing I, is I, tiger needs to do it on the big stage, but it was fun to see him, you know, shooting the sixties, hit some shots that we haven't seen in a while, see that he can drive it past Justin Thomas. Um, so he's still got some club head speed. Uh, not that we didn't think he did. He, he had it. It was just, you know, you got knee and back trouble. It's hard to swing the club fast. Dude, you got knee and back trouble. It's hard to get out of a chair. Oh, <laughs> trust me. I've already had the conversation with him. Hey, you're going to have to help daddy out of the chair soon. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, especially when we got on, you know, the 20 lap circuit today where, you know, to drop a little tour de France on you, she's my domestique and we're doing this circuit in our neighborhood and she's pushing this tempo that, you know, basically had me off the back, you know, like dropped from, from the Peloton. I'm like, look at you. Um, daddy needs to get in better shape to keep up with the youngster youngster. And, you know, we had a conversation later about EPO and how you shouldn't, you know, spin your plasma. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. We're getting silly in the D block. It's Robin Mob Show. I'm, Rob, I'm Jeremy Lynch. He's Rob Abner. All right. So let's get to some predictions. Sure to go wrong. All right. Yeah. We'll, start with, uh, we'll start with the, the Cotton Bowl that was uh, – Moved because of the popularity of the Zaxby's Heart of Dallas Bowl, uh, with you know, sad attendance at about six. <laughs> uh, let, let's go, Cotton. Who do you got? USC, Ohio State. Come on, man. Taken. Keep going, Scarlet and I, Gray. <laughs> I have to. I'll get thrown out of a house we just bought. I right. you, man. There's gold pants in my house. I will I'll preface my prediction by saying I'm so excited to see the final game of JT Barrett's career. <laughs> wow. Now, do I do I say that in with all respect possible? I I think he has taken Ohio State as far as he could. Um he's had opportunities in with three coordinators. Um, it just doesn't get different. Um, I, I need some new blood. I'm looking forward to who, whomever it is, whether it's uh, Haskins or uh, Martell. Rumors have it that 
Burrow is leaving, uh, or if he doesn't win the job, will leave as a grad transfer because uh, he's graduating in May. Um, so he'll probably go through spring ball, but neither here nor there. JT Barrett, thanks for everything you did. Now get out. Um, I'll, I'll take Darnold. <laughs> I'll take USC. Wow. <laughs> Just saying. Wow. Now, I will say I love Dobbins against USC's defense. I think USC's defense is a classic Pac-12 defense. You hit him in the mouth, you run the ball, they're not going to do that well. Now, Stanford wasn't able to do what they normally did, but Stanford had beaten USC so many times in a row, there was a little motivation there on the USC's part. They put a 48 on, on Stanford. But that being said, I don't know. I, I think... Ohio State was closer to fraudulent than they were a really good team this year. Um, I think they're front seven on defense. We'll have to play a really, really, really good game to uh, make up for Ohio State's secondary. I mean, if Kendall Sheffield's on the field, my God, just, you know, stab me in the eye with a pick. Um, you know, Ward's good. I like him a lot. But Darnold, if he, if he isn't pressured, he's going to pick Ohio State apart. Um, so we'll see. I mean, I'm kind of torn, obviously. I mean, I have rooting interest in for Ohio State, but um, what they do against Oklahoma, lost. What they do against Iowa. I mean, Iowa, what? Iowa's quarterback Dang. looked like Darnold, and he's not good. Uh, so I just, I don't know. I'm just happy that Bose is coming back. <laughs> Wow. Uh, anyway, moving on. Uh, college football playoff. 1-4, Clemson, Alabama. Um, I don't really like the color orange, but I'm taking them anyway. Mm. You like Bryant? Or do you like their, set, their front seven? I, I like their defense against a rather, rather pedestrian, vanilla Alabama offense. You know, I would. I love that idea. Um, I just think before everybody starts to christen Dabo as the next Saban and Clemson as the next Bama, I think the witch is going to rise up and smack some people around. I think I'll take Bama. Okay then. Uh, two three Georgia against. Your boy Mayfield, <laughs> <laughs> because he's on the squad. Mayfield has entered what I refer to as the uh, Duke territory with me and my fandom. There's no if they were playing Al Qaeda, I would take Al Qaeda. So I'm taking the dog. <laughs> wow, um, I would. I would agree with that statement. Um, I just think Oklahoma's defense won't get as many stops as Georgia's defense will. And therefore, Georgia rolls, and we have Bama-Georgia in the championship game for me, and you have Clemson-Georgia. So in that case, you have Clemson-Georgia. Who you got? I'm taking Clemson. Clemson to repeat. Wow. Uh, and then I, 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 have, hard to believe. I have Bama, Georgia, and 
they did not play this year. Is that correct? That is correct. That is correct. So, and I will take Kirby to beat Mentor. <laughs> Georgia, win it all. I, they were number one for a I while. Think, I think if if Georgia were to win, they, they should probably send Mark Rick the championship ring because a mm. lot of those guys he brought there. So um, it's kind of like Zook. You're going to hear, right? Um, yeah, I, I think it should be entertaining. Like I said, uh, tomorrow night's going to be the first bowl game I'm going to sit down and watch and uh, um, as we come to the close of 2017 and uh, I I kind of as a fan there's a part of me that doesn't want to see this calendar year end because in April I got uh, as a fan I got revenge on what happened the previous Monday night in April in, in the basketball tournament and they took a beating in social media about how ugly the game between Carolina and uh, Gonzaga was, and I just steadfastly said, I'm not giving it back. Mm-hmm. And uh, we got championship shirts for Christmas, and I got the book on the team. So, Yeah, it's so um, funny you say that because – so I open up a Christmas present for my sister, and it's the um, – it's a Big Ten championship hat. Oh, you know we hate those. And I'm like, <laughs> wow, thank you so much. <laughs> but no, I mean it's a good looking hat. But come on, dude, it's it's not the hat, <laughs> right? I I didn't. I bought the. It's like Carolina your boy Jermaine with the, with the with the Western Conference final shirt. Right. I'm still. He still owes me one for that one. Um. I, I this this has been a great year. Uh, for. Um, my family personally, we bought our house and, um, I, I, I couldn't feel any luckier to, to have accomplished that with my, my wife. And she's a big supporter of our show. She, when we don't do shows, I hear about it. Hey um, man, if it wasn't for both of our EPs, um, right. We would be nowhere. No, I agree. We'd, <laughs> Maybe Jade smoke, Jade smoke and grits and hanging out way oh. too late all the time. <laughs> there would be no such thing as VIP Saturday because they'd all be like that, <laughs> right? Okay, oh, that's not I don't good know for anybody. Handle that? No, 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 no. <laughs> um, it's been a long time, and uh, I've got three or four things that I've written that I should probably post on our site. One of them, of course, is my yay, my Tar Heels won. Uh, one of them is about the end of this, this year saw the end of, uh, the sports reporters on ESPN. Mm. Um, and, uh, for you. that's, I remember when I was sitting on the couch the week before the final episode, when Lupica said the next week was the final episode, I had to go outside cause I didn't want, want Tammy to see me crying about it. And then the, we have the final show on the DVR and I've rewatched it a couple of times since cause I miss it that much. Uh, because I have no other reason to see Bob Ryan except for when he pops up on PTI. Um, but I got his book for Christmas, so I'll read Scribe. And uh, but this was a good year. Uh, the anthem protest, notwithstanding, and uh, still not knowing what a catch is. Uh, Kelvin Benjamin got robbed uh, Sunday. 
that was a touchdown, and they would need to get help to get in the playoffs if the refs had just caught it properly. Um, I, I think if I have one wish for the world of sports for 2018, it would be health at the top of the ticket for the four major sports. So you get to see the guys, the best guys, play their best at the highest level because uh, that's what everybody wants to see. So um, if that if that means that a guy wears red shirts on Sundays uh, and the guy who wore 99 and pinstripes and, and TB12 and all those guys, you, you want them to be healthy so that they can do their best and I, I don't want any excuses when somebody takes out the Patriots in the AFC or if somebody takes out one of the top seeds in the NFC. Uh, the Eagles fans are already writing their excuses for, well, we had to play with a backup quarterback. So um, we'll have to do another show and preview the NFL playoffs because I got some, got some harsh words to say about the NFL. No, I agree. Um, we will definitely do a show in the, in the near future, uh, probably first or second week of January, uh, to uh, hit the NFL playoffs. Uh, real quick, I just want to give a shout-out to DJ Sweets, a.k.a. the official fourth grader, uh, who has been kind enough to pick out all the intro and outros for uh, this episode of the Robin Mob Show. Uh, 2018 uh, for me, or 2017 for me was uh, challenging. Uh, to say the least. Started a new job. Um, had to say goodbye to our beloved Golden Retriever, Griffin, uh, in April. Uh, so that was tough. But we have since replaced, not replaced, but uh, got a new dog uh, named Scarlett. So she's been a great uh, in addition to the family. Um, but uh, for all of those people out there, eat healthy if you can. Um, my wife, uh, the EP, the original EP, um, was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes um, a couple years ago. And, um, you know, for those of us who have the opportunity to take care of our blood sugar because of the way we eat and exercise, please do so uh, because some of us don't have that opportunity. Uh, so that's my plug for uh, T1D. Um, with that, um, I want to give a plug or a shout-out to uh, all of our listeners, go out back to iTunes. We are back on all 126 episodes now. Uh, we'll be on iTunes, and you su can subscribe to our podcast uh, via uh, your music app on your um, on your phone, uh, or go to iTunes and, and do a search for uh, the Robin Mob Show. He's Rob Havner. He's Jeremy Lynch. It's the Robin Mob Show. Thanks for listening. Be good. See you.